This is Echozoe Radio, episode 147 for July 2020, with Gabe Hughes on The Bible Project. Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson. I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 147 for July 2020 with Gabe Hughes. Gabe is returning for his fourth episode of Echo Zoe Radio. He's pastor of Junction City First Southern Baptist Church, and he's the author and creator of WUT, W-W-U-T-T, or When We Understand the Text. And that's his ministry in which he creates YouTube videos, writes books, and has a daily podcast. For this episode, Gabe and I are talking about the Bible Project, which produces a lot of online videos. We'll talk about who they are, what their videos are about, and how they compare to Scripture. As with any episode, you can get show notes for this one at the website. Every month I put together a bullet-pointed outline of the discussion, a list of the Scriptures that we reference during the show for your own deeper study, and depending on what I find, a list of additional resources on the subject as well as related episodes from the Echo Zoe Radio archives. And if the recordings turned out well, uh, there will be a video version of this show there as well. And you can find that at echozoe.com slash 147. With that, here's my discussion with Gabe Hughes. Well, Gabe, it's a pleasure to have you back. We were just chatting how it's been uh, two years since uh, I had you on Echo Zoe Radio and yeah, it hadn't, it hadn't felt like that long. I feel like I've seen you since yeah. then, probably <laughs> well, in person. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of my thing now is we, every, uh, it's turning out to be every other year. My father-in-law wants us to all go down to his his home in Mesa, Arizona and have Christmas down there. And so we'll drive on, I, we're, up, we're big on driving. I got four kids. I don't want to pay for airfare and <laughs> I just don't, especially, you know, I, I don't want to deal with the airports and stuff. So we drive down there and. And I get really close to Junction City. I'm going to drive between Minneapolis and, and uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And, and I and I think it's kind of fun sometimes to just pop in on Sunday morning at the end of your church service and say, Hey, Pastor Gabe, how are you doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, That's right. You did come you by the church. You were just finishing up now. your sermon. And, That's and right. And we were standing in I the back that. and you looked at me like, Really? <laughs> What are you doing here? <laughs> you know, we're right at uh, we're right off the interstate, yeah. so you could be driving I seventy right by Junction City and just uh, pop off about two miles and yep. uh, hop on up to the church for a little bit. So yeah, and, uh, and we have had we we have had some listeners that have come by the church and they've they've stopped in as guests. We get guests all the time because of uh, of Fort Riley. Sometimes a person will just be in the area because they've got a work project going on. Yep. They don't actually live there, so they'll just be looking for a place to go to church and they'll attend church on a Sunday. So I don't really think about guests all that often as being, you know, unique yeah. to, uh, uh, um, to our community, but, uh, they, 
uh, uh, will say, hey, we listen to when we understand the text. And uh, we knew that you were a pastor here. So we decided on our vacation. We were going to stop by and attend church. That's great. I love that. Well, but next time I do that, if I stop by, I want uh, I want to see more than just Gabe. I want to see some of the the Junction City click, you know, the. I want to see Becky. Oh, boy, I want yeah, to see some of the others. Like ten minutes. So. <laughs> so. But uh, yeah, it worked out well. I think that trip we ended up driving from Phoenix to Dodge City in one day, and we spent a night yeah. in Dodge City. It was quite a drive. It was a that's that's, that's a lot a of driving, drive. especially with four kids. But they they're used to it now. We we turn the screens on, we watch the movies, and play the iPads and all that stuff, and they just get used to the fact that we're going to be driving. There's, and, and when we stop, it's gas, food, bathroom, and you got to do it in about five to 10 minutes because we got a lot of driving to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done Garden City to Phoenix twice. So I know how, I know how that trip is. Oh, yeah. But then that second day is a bit easier when I'm driving from, from Dodge City. You know, Junction City was only what, like two hours from, from Dodge? Oh, no. It's a little bit farther than is that. Is it farther? But- yeah, it's nothing it compared like, to Dodge to Phoenix. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's so much driving that, you know, it's like three, four hours just feels like nothing, you know? Yeah. But uh, by the time I get to Kansas City, I feel like I'm I'm almost home. <laughs> so. I know, right? <laughs> so um, you were a suggestion of a mutual friend. I was looking for, uh, yeah. it's July is half over, and here I, I'm like, I don't have a guest. I don't have a topic. I'm running out of July. I don't have, you know, like, what should I do? And uh, so I reached out to Fred Butler, our good friend, and uh, asked if he might be up for anything or have any ideas. And he says, oh, you should try Gabe. Gabe's been doing this Bible project stuff. And, uh, and I'm not familiar really with the Bible project, but I'd seen you. I actually, it, it clicked with me that just in the last like two days, you tweeted a link to a Bible project video you did about a year ago. And yeah. So, and I thought, oh, yeah, I was meaning to watch that because I don't see, you know, I, I don't see, I haven't I haven't seen a lot of those. I'm I'm kind of in different areas and Twitter and not on as much as, as I used to be. But uh, yeah, sure. Well, a, a lot of people are probably familiar with the Bible Project. I mean, if you've watched any number of Bible videos on YouTube, surely you've had a Bible Project video come up in your recommendations. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're super popular. They have over 200 videos now. And nearly 180 million views by the time we're doing this interview. Wow. So it's uh, uh, a uh, obviously it's a it's a Bible series. A couple of guys that do it. John Collins and Tim Mackey are the two voices that you most regularly hear on just about every video. I have seen a couple where it's only Tim Mackey's voice. But for the most part, these two guys kind of share the teaching responsibilities of the Bible project. And they met when they were in college, uh, got their degrees at uh, Multnomah University and somehow in there decided, hey, we're going to do this uh, this Bible project together. And that became the name of the video series on YouTube. It's all for free. Mm -hmm. Uh, The animation that is done in the videos is really, really good. Uh, And and I'm really quite envious of how good the computer animation is. Mm-hmm. And you, have you watched many of those? Have I, you, you sent me, um, well, you sent me a list of videos and um, you had broken it up. There was four. And then you started explaining in the DM um, connections to uh, other ministries and had some more links, but I watched the first four plus the one that you had done through when we understand the text. Yeah. So uh, when we understand the text was on propitiation and so you, yeah, you so critiqued the, their take on propitiation. And then uh, there was uh, image of God, atonement, 
holiness and the story of the Bible that they had. And I watched through, I kind of, you know, in preparation this afternoon, I, I put those four on just to see what I could glean. And uh, definitely, you know, that was my, I really, I mean, people watching are probably going to be shocked and seeing how big they are now, but that was my first real experience with the Bible project was just in the wow, last okay. 24 yeah. hours. And after Fred's suggestion and your video and going back and watching that and stuff, but. Yeah, so my own ministry, when we understand the text, we're coming up on five years of doing the podcast. And about uh, two or three years ago, uh, Becky and I got an email from somebody that was asking me about the Bible Project. They were saying, what's your views on uh, the kind of stuff that they're putting out on YouTube? It seems pretty good to me. What do you think? And at that particular time, I think I'd only watched about a dozen videos. But all of the early videos that they did were summaries of books of the Bible. So they would tell you, like, here's what Isaiah is about or here's what Romans is about, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And those were all real good. And a, a few friends of mine, even all very doctrinally sound, said that they used those videos as introductory videos to a book study in their class. So if somebody was teaching on James, they would play the Bible Project video that gives you like the quick summary of what James is about. Sure. And like I like I said, the, the computer detail, the animation, the artistry, all of that is extremely well done. And so as the, even as they're going through like an explanation of the book of the Bible, you've got like these illustrations that are coming up on the screen and somebody's drawing something and and uh, they'll put like, you know, chapter one is about this and 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 kind of have this whole comic sort of uh, yeah. uh, 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 explanation or like a storyboard almost of, of how the book of the Bible flows. And so I understand the popularity behind these videos. They're very eye-catching, uh, eye uh, mm -hmm. charismatic even with uh, with how John and Tim relate to the information. And you got two guys on there, so they kind of go back and forth. And it's almost like one guy becomes the, the question asker and the other guy is the one giving the answers. And so that kind of plays into the audience a little bit as somebody might be asking, well, what is this about or what does that mean or something, you know. Kind of like we're doing so right kinda, here, huh? <laughs> Right, exactly. But they're a right. little more charismatic, a <laughs> little bit better uh, uh, chemistry, but well, of course, because it's scripted. Well, so. yeah. Oh, we forgot to <laughs> have that meeting. We, we had a quick chat. We didn't. We didn't get to the script. That's right. We didn't get to to plot all and this. That's out why anyway. I don't have. What would you say? One hundred eighty million views or whatever they're up to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're a little that's short. That's my there, problem. I think, on the I'm not scripted enough. <laughs> Need to script it out. Put a little bit more animation <laughs> yeah. up there. But yeah, the production um, anyway, quality yeah. definitely from the few that I watched is definitely very good. Very good stuff. You know, uh, yeah. as far as the 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 graphical quality and and you know just the production quality definitely is good. Yeah, so then, uh, so Becky and I, I mean, we kind of gave like a light endorsement, just mm -hmm. said, you know, hey, the videos that I've watched seem pretty good. So if that's what you're going to use them for, I don't think you're going to go wrong, at least with the videos that I've watched. It all looks pretty good. You know, and like I said, up to that point, I'd only seen about a dozen. And I can tell you that every video that I watched was only uh, the explanation that they were giving to um, uh, to the books of the Bible. It wasn't going on in a lot of detail on on some sort of. Uh, you know, systematic theological sure. study of of this or anything like Stuff that. Stuff that you could get so, just by looking at the headers in in your in your Bible, the, the, right, the section yeah, right. headers kind of thing. Yeah, read the kind introduction of like the outline, of your, like your, you grab yeah. your NIV and open up to the intro before the the book actually starts and. 
That's right. Yeah. If you've got the like a study Bible in particular, sure. your study Bible will give you an outline. Yep. Of how that goes. And that's the way the videos kind of look. Now, there were some things in there I didn't completely agree with. It was obvious to me that they were Arminian in some of the things that they talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, synergism is something you said you noticed in, oh, in yeah, even I picked a few up videos. On the synergism. We'll get we'll have to get into that. But that's as uh, as much as I wasn't able to get it as much attention as I would have liked to because, uh, you know, kind of quick, quick prep here. That was one thing that just came screaming through to me was the synergism. Yeah, so that yeah, that cooperation between God and man. Well, to not bring even about just salvation. cooperation, but I mean, it's very. There was some stuff that was like very, very man centered. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. Yeah, and and once you find out like who some of their influences are, uh, uh, which Tim Mackey doesn't hide that. Uh, uh-huh. It's it's very clear on his website the kinds of guys that he learned from and who he followed and, and, uh, and, and he puts links even to recommended books from them. And so uh, once you see that, it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, I see how they, they came to that conclusion on what they think the book's about there, but it starts uh, to make more sense. That's right. Yep. So, so anyway, after that, uh, after that podcast episode where my wife and I were basically saying, Hey, like Endorsing the it. Bible podcast. <laughs> yeah. The Bible project stuff was pretty good. Yep. And then somebody emailed me and I don't even remember the link they sent to me, but they said, I think you need to take a look, another look at the Bible project. And so I ended up just doing my own research and I came across an article and in the video that you saw of mine, this was the article that I covered. It was out of the Gospel Coalition, uh, the Australian version, not the United States woke version <laughs> yeah. of the Gospel Coalition. But uh, uh, the uh, a pastor with the Gospel Coalition Australia had done kind of a review or, or kind of a, um, a critique of some of the Bible Project videos, particularly how they talked about atonement. And... When once I recognized from his critique how the Bible project rejected penal substitutionary atonement, suddenly all of these other things started to fall into place, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when I went back to the book of Romans. I I think this was something he even recommended in his article. He said, if you if you watch their explanation of Romans, somehow Mackey is able to get through an explanation of Romans chapter three without even mentioning propitiation. It's it's not even a a word that comes up. And it's like, how do you give a summary of what Romans three is about without mentioning that Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins? Right. And and so what ended up happening when I started watching the Bible Project videos after that, it wasn't as much about what they were saying in the videos as it was what they were not saying. So I, I want to give kind of like a, a three points that I really like about the Bible project and then three things that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So I've I've watched now again, I said they've had 200 videos or something up to this point. I've not watched all 200 videos. Uh, in fact, I would say even watching 100 of them would probably be gen- pretty generous. I may not have watched 100 Make videos either. There's a lot of material there. But um, mm-hmm. uh, are, are we still together? I, uh, I think yeah, so. I, I was making sure we were still together because um, so, uh, I was experiencing mind, some just, delays. Are we still all right? I well, Zoom is kind of being tricky with us, but um, because we're both recording on our, you know, you're recording yourself on your end, and I'm recording on my end. Hopefully, viewers, listeners won't experience the the lag that 
that we experience okay, okay. live. So, so we'll, but so far, we'll get so all good. This edited. Yeah. <laughs> good deal. All right. We'll get it Assuming all edited. Assuming the technology works out. Now, I've said before, I'm going to have video, and then I've gone back to edit the video, and it was just garbage, and I just decided, you know, forget it. It's, let's just do audio. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, done that. I've, I've had that happen, too. So, so anyway, let me summarize real quick. Three things I like about the Bible Project, three things I don't like. Number one, uh, they really are committed to telling the Bible as one consistent story. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something that gets a, uh, that gets lost in a lot of American Christianity, especially when we're kind of conditioned to think of the Bible as like our personal devotional book. Yeah. Uh, and you pull out this verse for today and that verse for tomorrow. And a lot of our devotional time is is not often committed to sitting down and reading full chapters like like 10 or 20 chapters today. That's that's not the way that a lot of people study the Bible. So sometimes that concept of the Bible being one consistent story gets lost. So I appreciate the Bible Project's commitment to that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, all of the pieces uh, uh, and all of the books fit together. So in addition to the Bible telling one consistent story, they they also say that all of these pieces and all of the books fit together. And I'm someone who was raised when my dad taught me how to read the Bible. Uh, he taught me to use Scripture to interpret Scripture. And so that so I have a a good appreciation for that to Mm -hmm. see different pieces from even different testaments and and how uh, those things come together ultimately to fulfill the telling of this one consistent story. And then the third thing I like about the Bible Project is that uh, they're committed to various themes like covenants, hope, justice, and uh, and and that all of these themes throughout the Bible culminate with Christ, even uh, the Bible Project creators will say all of this in the Bible is meant to point to Christ. And uh, that that is something that I've encouraged just about every pastor to promote. Uh, make sure that your people know that the Bible points to Christ. The Old Testament is pointing yeah. to him. The New Testament is pointing back at him. But everything centers around the cross mm-hmm. uh, and what God accomplished through his son there with his Death on the cross and resurrection from the grave. So that's great that uh, that the Bible Project is committed to that as well. Those are three things that I like. Three things you like, and of course, three we, things you don't like. Yeah. They, so of course, we also mentioned the uh, the animation quality. We like that as well. That was a bonus, right? That's right. That's that's your bonus on there. Yep. So here's three things that I don't like. Number one, though they tell the Bible as one consistent story, the Bible is very rarely quoted. And so for a for a series called The Bible Project, that's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're talking about it, but we're not quoting it. And in fact, like you said, Andy, you were watching a few and there's there's kind of like some subtleties and some things like that that are going on. You will probably end up watching five, six, seven videos before you start thinking to yourself, have I even heard them quote the Bible wow. yet? <laughs> Uh, now, now when you say five, six videos, now the ones I watched were, they were like, they're like five, six, seven minute videos. They're not like, yeah, that's, and that's about the average length, right? They're not super long, like, yeah, deep, very, very short to the point. That's one of the, uh, you know, another one of the things that I think attracts a lot of people to them Uh is that you can just sit there at your computer and watch a five minute video. I mean, that's, that's kind of like your thing too. I mean, that's, that's really popular right now. And it's really powerful when you take, you, you boil stuff down when we understand the text in your 90 minute videos you've been doing for how many years now. 
and, yeah, and you got up the, on seven. the one minute yeah. apologist and you know you've got these five minutes in church history and stuff i mean that it right it, it can be a very powerful tool to if, if you can if you're skilled enough and you are to boil something down in such a short period of time and people walk away feeling like wow i just ate you know a steak dinner and on a tiny plate and i feel full yeah you know? that's right that's right. Yeah, they they do pack a lot into one video, and that's one of the reasons why you might end up having to watch even one video several times before you start recognizing. Uh, why did they say it that way? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I think there's a there's something fishy going on here. So uh, so that yeah, that's the first issue that I have is even when it, even when they're doing their their summary videos of of entire books of the Bible. They'll say, like, here's what this chapter is about, but they're not actually quoting any verses to give examples of here's why this chapter is pointing to this, you know, that sort of thing. So then uh, a second thing that I don't like is that while they, they talk about how all the pieces of all of the books fit together, there's a lot of pieces missing. And so that kind of goes back into... You know, sometimes it's it's not about what they are saying. It's about what they're not saying. Mm-hmm. And they'll leave a lot of things out. One of the things, I mean, uh, for example, is I, I hardly ever hear faith talked about. And in fact, to even get an idea of what Tim Mackey thinks about faith, I had to watch a totally separate sermon oh, really? that he preached specifically on the subject of faith and the way that he described faith, which he did from Hebrews 11. He was uh, teaching on faith using Hebrews 11, which it's like if you're going to teach on faith, that's probably the chapter of the Bible that you want to go to. Especially it starts with the definition of faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, Hebrews Mm -hmm. 11.1. And then the way that he breaks that down and explains it to his audience is exactly how I tell my congregation not <laughs> to think about faith. And cause like he'll, he'll say that you'll see indications, you'll see signs, and then you act according to those signs. And I tell my congregation, no, 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 don't, <laughs> you don't do that. It, it is a confidence that we have because it's what the word of God says. Yeah. We are, we are confident in that. What he has promised us, what he's done through his son has been accomplished. We have faith in that. That work is done. It's accomplished. We believe it. It is so. The Bible says it. It's from the word of God. Mm-hmm. We have no reason to doubt it. And so when we read that faith is the assurance of those things that we hope for and the conviction of things not seen, we are so committed to this belief in what God has accomplished that it convicts us to obey it. Mm-hmm. And the the proof of the faith that we have in our hearts is demonstrated in the work that we do for God. And this is all out of an act of confidence. It's not like saying, man, I hope we're actually going to have a football season this year. <laughs> you know, you, you don't know that, but that's, but that's what Mackey describes faith as. He says you're looking at indications of there being a football season this year. And so then you put faith in there being a football season because of like the signs are lining up. And, and that's exactly what I tell my congregation not to do because our faith comes from the word of God. It doesn't come from our own ability to manifest a, yeah, right. a, an understanding or a confidence in, in the future. And in fact, Mackey will even say that faith is not a confidence. Uh, uh, and yet he will also say that we don't believe by blind faith. So which is it? Are you confident or are you acting without that confidence? 
uh, he thinks that faith includes doubts. And yet James chapter one tells us that whoever asks of God must ask without doubting. And and these explanations that Mackey gives of faith are are very much uh, just kind of like a mystical guess. Yeah, uh, it's it's not a, a a confidence in God based on what He has said in His Word, being certain of what He has said and what He is going to accomplish, which is exactly the way that Scripture describes faith. And that faith doesn't come from us; it's given to us by right. God, and that's important. But you know, one of the things that I I picked up on even in my casual uh, watching of a few of these videos is a, a very, very heavy amount of synergism. Yeah. And, and man centeredness. And so when you're that synergistic and that man centered, you're going to gloss over the fact that faith itself is a gift of God. That- yes, absolutely. Well, well, like even when it comes to talking about atonement uh, and and the Messiah and holiness and some of these other topics we can talk yeah. about some of these coming up because these are these are all subjects of various uh, Bible project videos. Uh, even when it comes to talking about those topics, there's no mention in there at all of where faith plays a role. So how is it that we have holiness? It's by faith in Christ and his holiness is imputed to us. But that's not mentioned in the Bible project or even when he talks about atonement. How do we receive the benefits of the atonement by faith? Mm -hmm. But that's not talked about. So it it just that was one of the reasons why I ended up looking for a sermon that he had done on faith, because it's like I can't even figure out what he (laughs) thinks about faith or what kind of role faith plays in Christianity. It's just simply not in any of the Bible project videos. So that that's just an example of. Uh, how there's a lot of pieces missing. And quite frankly, that's a really big piece. <laughs> now, uh, it's by grace we're saved through faith. Yeah. If you don't have faith, there's no salvation. I'm just curious, and now I hate, like, I'm not going to ask you to assign motives or something, but, but I, I, you know, I got to wonder if there's if there is a motive behind it. I mean, are they trying to be so broad so that they can get, you know, the broadest audience, they can get the 180 million views? I mean, you're going to get a lot more views if you can if you can kind of be more subtle on on your doctrine and uh, more generalized and and kind of avoid anything that might be at all controversial. Is there some of yeah, that going and, on? Or? And, and you know, I don't really know what their motivation is. I wouldn't be able to say that either. That's not a judgment that I can make. But I would say that um, uh, because we're missing such key ingredients of Christian doctrine including very uh, uh, essential understandings of things like penal substitutionary atonement mm-hmm. uh, be, or propitiation, even like we were talking about a moment ago. Right. Um, when when those things are missing, though, I would not be able to ascribe motives to them. I still know that Satan can use things like this and he can disguise himself as an angel of light and he can lead a lot of people to believe that what it is that they're listening to is truth when there's so many pieces missing that how can you really say that this is a good, robust presentation of truth and, and what this ends up doing when you have such great animation, uh, cause they really are fantastic they videos are, yeah. and, uh, and, and so many people get sucked into them, but they're really not being given those, those solid truths of scripture. You got a couple of problems that end up arising here. Number one, you begin to doubt the sufficiency of scripture, especially when, 
There is no mention of faith and our faith and assurance in what God's word has said. The way that um, that Tim Mackey and John Collins kind of talk about the Bible is it's, it's they almost begin to present it as just like a book of stories. And that's not something that you really pick up on until you've watched a whole lot of videos. And it's, you're not hearing scripture quoted to you. Sure. You're not being brought under the authority of scripture. Uh, there, there's no exhortation. You're never being told to do anything. You so know, they're not even the, consistent in that. Like you said earlier, how they do at least that was one of the things you liked was how they they, they present the 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 Bible as one cohesive story. So it sounds like they're right. not even consistent there, where it's one cohesive story, but yet it's a book of stories. Yeah, right, right. Because it's, uh, I would say that they still, even even when it comes to presenting it as a book of stories, uh, I still think that they're kind of aiming toward the consistent or or like one cohesive story. Sure. Uh, but it loses that cohesion, it, well, of course. Well, that's the problem. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah, you lose that cohesion when you're missing like the, the actual exhortation that is uh-huh. given that this is something we're not just supposed to be listening to. We're supposed to be doing what it says. Right. And there's nothing in the in in their charges of uh, uh, it's it's a lot more informative uh, than it is imperative. You know, they're informing you of some things like mm-hmm. and I mean, really, all you're getting is like Tim Mackey and John Collins saying, here's what we see in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I appreciate the commitment to telling that one cohesive story. But, yeah, like yeah. what you're saying, they kind of it loses that cohesion. No, um, I think it, it might be important to kind of get into some of some more of that stuff, like the specific issues, because, you know, some of what we're talking about, I don't necessarily on the surface as we've presented them so far necessarily a problem is there i mean there is some value to some of like giving an overview of a book of the bible you know and walking through book by book and and showing how you know old testament stories point forward to christ and new testament are back and that it's all cohesive and christ-centered you know those can be good things and and they can be especially good things to the right person as they're kind of coming up in the faith you know i went through some pretty terrible teachers myself uh, early on in my walk, but oh, yeah. I was still able to kind of look back and, <laughs> and, and glean some, some positivity that came out of it. You know, we talked about, um, the, the, I think I mentioned in, in DM as we were, were conversing that, that I was saved and I've mentioned this before. I was saved through a teaching by Chuck Missler, who, um, is very Arminian and has some, had some <laughs> wacky teachings and whatnot. And, um, and I look back and I think, you know, there's a, uh, it's kind of a mess. Yeah. But, I know, uh, yeah, but on the other hand, I came too. out, you know, like my love for ex- what I've come to know as expository preaching really started with his verse by verse teaching. And, right. and, you know, granted his stuff, like it didn't matter what book of the Bible you got, he's going to do whatever he can at every lesson to get you back to uh, pre-trib rapture and, and, uh, the millennial reign of Christ, you know, and, <laughs> and, and that was his focal point on everything, but still, you know, walking verse by verse through the, you know, any, you know, he's, he had almost every book of the Bible that he'd at least have a quick overview of if not a more in-depth, you know, we're going to talk about this and stuff. And, and that I walked away from that with a, a deep love for, for verse by verse pre- preaching and teaching. And by the time, uh, I kind of grew out of his stuff, I I didn't have time for topical, you know, I, I just had no interest in going to a church that 
that preaches topically or going to Bible studies that talk about, uh, you know, books, you know, Rick Warren book or, or pray oh, yeah. of Jabez. Jabez was kind of big when I first got saved and, and whatnot. You know, I just like, I don't, I want to read my Bible. You know, that's the whole point. We're going to do a Bible study. <laughs> Let's read the Bible. But that's so, right. So I think it's important though to, I mean, while I'm trying to give them some credit to, to understand why, you know, it still can be dangerous, you know, that. Yeah, definitely. Well, let me let me give you uh, the third thing that I don't like, and then I think we can we can go oh, from here. Oh, I'm into, sorry, I didn't, I didn't get through all three. No, we didn't. Yeah, oh. we just covered one and two. Okay, maybe I need to write this down. What were the first first two? So the the first thing that I didn't like was that the Bible is rarely quoted. Rare. Okay, rarely quoted. Yep i I got that. And then uh, one thing I didn't mention when they do quote it. Yep. Uh, if you write it down and then you go try to find the translation they got that from, you can't figure sometimes out. Sometimes you <laughs> won't find it. Uh, wow. So they're taking their own. I mean, they're really uh, uh, coming up with their own understanding or interpretation of the text. Uh-huh. And uh, and so yeah, that leads to all kinds of problems as well. There's all sorts of liberties that are being taken there that can lead anybody yeah. to think well, that. Well, I yeah, can do that's that. another thing. I guess I. I I mean, you say that, and I assume it's it's going to be bad. There are people that are really good at the original languages that can do stuff like that, but they, we're not, that's not right. what we're talking about. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Right. Uh, so then the second thing that I said I didn't like is that there's a lot of pieces missing. Pieces missing, okay. Right. So while they talk about how all of the pieces uh, fit together, um, they, there's also a lot of pieces, you know, it's like you could look down at this puzzle and go, well, you got those pieces to fit together, but you got a big hole right here. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's a lot of things that they teach that, uh, that aren't there at all. And, uh, and it leaves some, uh, significant holes in their doctrine. And then the third thing that I don't like, which I didn't mention this one yet, but many of those various themes are very poorly defined. And I would say even to some extent, heretically defined, Okay. Um, when their definitions avoid uh, a a robust understanding of penal substitutionary atonement, um, when Tim Mackey, I know, denies the doctrine of hell. And so, uh, I, I, though I've never actually heard him say something that would be explicitly universalist, mm-hmm. it really sounds like the Bible Project guys are universalist. And, and some of the things that they talk about regarding the kingdom of God will lead you to that understanding as well as you're watching you know various videos you'll you'll even hear certain statements that are said about how uh, it, you know it kind of seems like all of humanity is going to be uh, uh is going to experience the benefits of this like for example on their video on the atonement there's a very subtle reference to peace with god and it, and the way that Mackey says it makes it sound like something the whole earth is going to get the whole earth will experience uh, not not just those who are in Christ, who have peace with God by the blood of Christ, which they have received by faith in him. Again, that's, that's uh-huh. where faith is really, really important. But the way that they consistently talk about the kingdom of God throughout the Bible Project videos, there's there's never any understanding of judgment or these people are going to be outside the kingdom or they will be banished from God's presence forever. They will experience eternal punishment in hell. There's no expression of that at all anywhere in the Bible Project videos. And so uh, I, of course, had to leave uh, the Bible Project videos to hear a sermon from Mackey talking about hell before I I, I had that uh, any sort of understanding of what he even thought about it. What what is he thinking about hell? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't. There's not a topic 
in any of the videos that talks about that. And uh, that that was in my video, the one that you saw. Yeah. On the, propitiation. The propitiation. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they're going to reject penal substitutionary atonement, you know that they're going to be off on a whole lot of other doctrines as well. And so I got curious as to what Mackey thinks about hell. And there's a sermon where he talks about hell and says that we've created hell. So God did not make hell. We created it. And it's almost like it's it's something that we do to ourselves. We decide that we're going to go to hell, but God right. doesn't actually judge anyone there. And uh, and that's well, that's I mean, the, you're, you're, I mean, there's a very you know at least on that softer side of Arminianism, yeah, they 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 like that teaching. You know that they they don't want to put God in charge of of judging people. So what they'll do is they say, well, you're judging yourself. You know, you, 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 you don't want to be in God's presence. He requires holiness and, and you don't want to be holy. So you do it to yourself. Right. Right. But I would be curious. I, I mean, I would love to ask him, do you actually think there's a place where people will be tormented for eternity under the wrath of God? Do you, do you think that, uh, that yeah. Jesus was, was being that straightforward in Matthew chapter 25 when he says, depart from me, you cursed into the place that was prepared uh, uh, for the devil and his angels. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. You know, do you understand what, uh, what Jesus was saying there about the final judgment or do they believe in a universalism? Because there doesn't really seem to be any evangelism in the Bible project videos. They will say things like, we believe that the the Bible points to Christ, but like I said, without exhortation, there's nothing that says turn from your sin and turn to Jesus Christ yeah. so that you can escape the judgment of God. There's no statement like that at all. So how is the gospel good news, therefore? Right. Well, and then that was one of the other things that I picked up on when I was watching videos was not only was it so synergistic and man-centered in a lot of ways, but that... Um, they they were very soft on their language on a lot of things oh, yeah. too. You know, they start talking. They they're not talking about sin and re rebellion against your creator. And and I mean, that sin is a is such a a big thing. I think. I mean, it, it it's hard to really grasp how big sin is. And and so then I I mean I'm hearing them talking about like messed up. They, not that you sinned, that we messed up. Okay? Yes, right. And. And we didn't mess up. I mean, we full on rebelled against God, and 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 it's far, far, far more serious than simply just messing up. Yeah, that's and that's the uh, you, know, I, you know I've kind of uh, tied this with like the youth leader who will he doesn't want to say anything too offensive to his students. So when he quotes Romans five eight, he says uh, that God showed His love for us, and that while we were messed up. Christ died for us. Yeah. And, and I've did, I did a what video on this too, where, uh, you know, that messed up can mean anything. Right. You can be messed up because my parents are divorced, you right. know, or you can, you can be messed up because I didn't make the cheerleading squad. Uh, there's nothing that, there's nothing that quantifies sin in that explanation. And so uh, I actually did have a youth leader that did this, not, not a member of my church, but somebody who was a, uh, a youth leader in a in another youth group, and he had come and spoken at a, a ministry thing that we had at our church, mm -hmm. and he did that. He did exactly that. He quoted Romans five eight, while we were messed up, Christ died for us. And so I talked to him about that afterward. I said, "Why did you quote Romans five eight that way?" 
And he said, well, because nobody knows what sin is like, it's not a word we use in everyday language. So, so my kids aren't going to understand what sin is. So I decided well, to say, messed up. Teach them. that's right. And I said, yeah, but as a Bible teacher, you quote it the way the Bible says it. Right. And then you teach it to them. That's exactly your role as a Bible teacher. <laughs> uh-huh. Here's what the Bible says. Now here's what it means. And it seems like that the Bible project goes in this direction direction of we're just going to tell uh-huh. you what we think it means without ever even quoting it at all. So they're not giving you a word for word a statement from scripture, because again, there's no imperatives, there's no exhortation anyway. So it's just this informative description of here's what this book's about. Here's what this doctrine is about. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and nobody, I don't really believe is ever actually led to Christ. If you hear the gospel, you're getting it. uh, If you hear the gospel and you hear the call of the gospel, turn from your sin and follow Jesus. You're getting that from outside the Bible project. You're not getting it through these teachers in these videos. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind, I want to take just a real short break and then uh, we'll come back. And I, I think it might be helpful to, to talk about us, you know, some specifics, you know, maybe we can uh, play a a video in the background and, and then talk about it or something. But, uh, Sounds good. We'll take Let's a quick it. break and then uh, we'll go to that. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25. Therefore laying aside falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another for his name's sake. What's up, everybody? I'm Jamal Bandy, the host of the Prescribed Truth Podcast, where I seek to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. The Lord graciously brought me out of a cult in 2010, saved me in 2013, and in 2017, Prescribed Truth began. My mission has been to spread the truth of God's word while refuting dangerous lies affecting most churches and the culture at large from a biblical and reformed perspective. Join me on Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for the live recording of the podcast on YouTube and download the audio version wherever podcasts can be found, including the Christian podcast community. If you would like to know more about Prescribed Truth, please visit my website at prescribedtruth.com. And remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report is a podcast providing biblical interpretations and applications. It is a ministry of striving for eternity and part of the Christian podcast community. We provide a biblical view of cultural events, discuss how to apply God's word to the Christian life, address issues that concern the church, and we even take some time to offer a correct understanding of those commonly misinterpreted passages of scripture. You will hear from great guests like Justin Peters, Todd Friel, Jay Warren Wallace, and Gabe Hughes. Andrew has the Rap Report Daily, which is a two-minute Monday through Friday podcast, and then the longer Rap Report podcast for more content. Subscribe to both today by searching for Rap Report on any podcast app, spelled R-A-P-P, Report, or click the podcast link at strivingforeternity.org. You're listening to Echo Zoe Radio. All right, so I... I think I could really easily bring up the uh, those four videos. I, you know, if you want to talk about them, what do you think of doing that? Do you, I, I, we didn't script this. I kind of put you yeah. on the spot there. That's all right. What were the what were the four? Can you remind uh, the, me the it, image of God, atonement, holiness, and the story of the Bible? 
Uh, yeah, I would say uh, if we get to any two, let's do holiness and atonement. Those would be, okay. I think, well, two well, pretty well, good ones. We're uh, 40, uh, I think we were, I think we're about 41 minutes in. So um, we'll take it one at a time. Which one would you want to pick first? Let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to look at my notes and see what I got. Let's the first one I have up is holiness. So let's do that one first. Holiness. Okay. So I'll bring this up and then um, it's just the, the iPad is in the, the mixer. So um, I might be able to mix it in later if you're watching on video. If not, I'll just put the Equizillion thing up, but um, we'll go through holiness here. 2.9 okay. million views. Yes. Uh, let's make sure I'm not muted there. Uh, You've probably heard the word holy before, or at least sang it in a church song once or twice. And for most people, this idea is really just connected to being a morally good person. So God is holy because he's morally perfect. Yeah, that is part of it. But in the Bible, the idea of holiness is even bigger and more rich. What it's really describing is how God is the creative force behind the whole universe. He's the one and only being with the power to make a world full of such beauty and life. And so all these abilities, they make God utterly unique, which is the meaning of the word holy. So a helpful way to think about God's holiness is by using the sun as a metaphor. The sun is unique, at least within our solar system, and it's really powerful. It's the source of all this beautiful life on our planet. And so you could say that the sun is holy. And you can actually take this metaphor even further in that the whole area around the sun is also holy. Yeah, because the closer you get to the sun the more intense it gets. Yeah, exactly. So that very power and goodness that generates all this life is also dangerous. I mean, the sun, if you get too close, will annihilate you. And in the same way, there's this paradox at the heart of God's own holiness, because if you're impure, his presence is dangerous to you. And not because it's bad, but because it's so good. And so the first time we see this paradox of God's holiness, it's in the story of Moses and the burning bush. So God tells Moses to take off his sandals because he's standing on holy ground. And Moses covers his face in fear, and God says, hey, don't come any closer. It's intense. It's actually that intensity of God's holiness that's explored even more in the stories about Israel's temple, which was the main place where God's holy presence was located. And at the center of the temple was this room called the most holy place, this the hot spot of God's presence. And whether you're an Israelite living in the land around the temple or a priest working right in the temple, you're in proximity to God's holy presence, which is dangerous. Yeah, this is a problem. So how's it supposed to work? Well, in the Bible, the solution is that you need to become pure. So like being morally pure. Yeah, and that's easy enough to understand. But the Bible spends a lot of time talking about another kind of purity, being ritually pure, which is a state where you separate yourself from anything related to death, like touching things like diseased skin or dead bodies or even certain bodily fluids. All these make you impure. And becoming ritually impure isn't necessarily sinful. What's wrong is waltzing into God's presence when you're in an impure state. And so that's why God gave the Israelites very clear instructions for knowing when they were impure, steps to become pure, so that they could go into the temple again. So that's what the book of Leviticus is about. Right. But it doesn't stop there. This idea keeps developing. So later in the scriptures, we find this really interesting story by a prophet named Isaiah. And he has this crazy vision where he's in the temple and he's right in God's presence. He's totally terrified. Yeah, he knows the rules. He shouldn't even be in there. 
and he's worried about being destroyed. And then this crazy creature called a seraphim. Yeah, that is a crazy creature. <laughs> totally. So it flies over with a hot coal, and then it sears Isaiah's lips with the coal and says something really weird. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. So this burning coal somehow makes Isaiah pure. Yeah, it's remarkable because normally if you touch something impure, it transfers its impurity to you. But now here's this new idea where you have this coal, this very holy and pure object, and it touches Isaiah and it transfers its purity to him. Isaiah is not destroyed by God's holiness. He's transformed by it. I mean, the implications of this are just huge. But there's one more development. This time from another prophet, Ezekiel. And he has this vision where he's standing at the temple and he sees water trickling out from it. And then that water turns into a stream and then it grows into a deep river that starts flowing through the desert, leaving this trail of green trees behind it. And then it flows into the Dead Sea, making everything fresh and alive. So instead of becoming pure first and then going into the temple, here God's holiness comes out from the temple, making things pure and bringing them to life. What does it all mean? We don't know until we meet this man, Jesus. And he claims that he's fulfilling all of these ancient visions, but in surprising new ways. So Jesus, he went around touching people who are impure, people with skin diseases, a, a woman with chronic bleeding or dead people. And when he touches them, their impurity should transfer over to Jesus. But instead, Jesus' purity transfers to them and actually heals their bodies. Jesus is like that holy coal in Isaiah's vision. Right. And Jesus claimed that he was the human embodiment of God's own holiness and that he and his followers were now God's temple so that through them, God's holy presence would go out into the world and bring life and healing and hope. And so this is why Jesus described his followers as having streams of living water flowing out of them. So this is our part of the story where we find ourselves now. But... Where's this all heading? So the last pages of the Bible end with a final vision about God's holiness. And this time it's by a guy named John. And in his vision, we see the whole world made completely new. The entire earth has become God's temple. And Ezekiel's river is there, flowing out of God's presence, immersing all of creation, removing all impurity, and bringing everything back to life. We believe the Bible is one complete okay, so, so we're making these videos. So what that are some of the? I mean, is, is there casual, any... casual listing that 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 doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, that's that's, that's how what I was going to ask. I mean, did you hear anything in there that was a problem? Well, <laughs> I, I mean, just like I said, casually, it sounds fine. Um, right, it's a little bit shallow. Yes, um, I you know you mentioned early on, not necessarily what they say, it's what they don't say. You know, so that's that's kind of a big thing. Um, you know, Jesus seems to be presented as kind of a hipster. It's just oh, there's right, this right. guy named Jesus, and he just yes. walks up and you and know, he also he's pretty looks cool. that way. He also looks that way too. So if you're if you're really big on Second Commandment violations, uh, <laughs> the Bible Project is already a no go for you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's uh, again, it's kind of in what they didn't say. And it's amazing to me how you talk about holiness, but you don't mention any reason to be holy as God is holy. Like, it sounds like they're suggesting that, but there's no imperative there. There's nothing that says you must also be holy as God is holy. And 
God says that exactly to Israel in Leviticus 11, 44 and 45. You must be holy as I am holy. Why was it that God was giving all of these ritual imperatives to Israel that they had to follow? It's because even all of that stuff was a type and a shadow of the holiness that was going to come embodied in Christ. And that through Christ, we receive the holiness of God. And then in light of what Christ had accomplished... And that he even said in Matthew chapter five, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Mm -hmm. So you have the uh, apostle Peter teaching on this in first Peter chapter one, where in verse 16, he says, you must be holy as God is holy. So taking the same command that God had given to Israel in Leviticus, talking about ritual purity and saying this is this was all to show you the holiness that you must have in order to be in the presence of God. Jesus even saying that if you want to uh, enter the kingdom of God, you must have a righteousness that's greater than that of the Pharisees. And in Christ Jesus, we do have a righteousness greater than that of the Pharisees. It's the righteousness that we have by faith. So once again, faith isn't mentioned. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we don't we don't have this understanding of receiving the holiness of God, growing in the holiness of God by faith. It's a nice little, you know, like you said, there didn't really seem to be anything wrong with it on the surface. So you can watch that and get kind of a, I mean, yeah, kind of an informative sort of a thing about holiness, I suppose. Sure. But I don't know how hearing any of that would actually change your mind and heart. Well, Uh, I left kind of wondering, okay, it's a video on holiness. What is holiness? Yeah, that's right. right. (laughs) I mean, they started off with this picture of the sun, and if you get too close, you're going to burn up. But they didn't, I mean, what... There's a little what? bit about purity and impurity. Um, I, I don't know. It just it yeah, seemed like right. it, in, in such going to such lengths to try not to offend me, they left me kind of with a question unanswered. Right, right. Now, now my wife is very intuitive. And she catches subtleties that I don't catch. It's it's kind of funny. Like, she can't hear the big thing, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. she can catch the subtle stuff, and I'm the other way around. It's like I'm listening to the big stuff, and I, I miss the little subtle things. Sounds like you compliment each other well. That's right. Look, look at that, complementarianism. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so then the uh, the thing that she noticed right away when I played the video for her and, and like, was an immediate turnoff for her was the way they blew off being morally pure. Oh, yeah, I, I, I did kind of catch that. Right. They, wa- they so, wanted to go to ritual. They didn't want to talk about yeah, moral. Yeah, right. So John Collins even says, so so being morally pure. And then Tim Mackey responds by going, yeah, and that's easy enough to understand. But the Bible spends a lot of time talking about another kind of purity. So they totally blow off moral purity mm-hmm. and don't even understand that the whole thing about ritual purity was to show us the need Just for moral point purity. Just moral purity. Right. Exactly. I, I mean, it, so that was something that even my wife, who who just, you know, loves to talk about how biblically ignorant she is, <laughs> like, don't ask She's me because I don't you know. Talk to Gabe. He's yeah. the one that knows all of it. But uh, even she caught that right away that that they just blew off mm-hmm. the moral purity question and just like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's easy enough to understand. No, it's not easy enough to understand. That's exactly why we need to hear the gospel. Uh, right. We need to hear the law of God explain to us our sinfulness and our fallen short of his glory. And then the gospel that resolves the grief that should fill our heart over realizing that we have rebelled against God and what we deserve is judgment. But the good news is 
uh, that that Christ has taken the penalty for our sin upon himself with his death on the cross so that all who believe in him will not perish under the holy judgment of God, but will have everlasting life. And, you know, the videos that I do are just a minute and a half, but I try in every single video in some way. You don't waste a second on your yeah, <laughs> 90 yeah, second I can't. videos. Right. I, can't, I don't really 90. have much time. <laughs> uh, now, this isn't every single video. I've done about 300 videos up to this point, but it's not uh-huh. every single one in which the gospel is presented. But even in that minute and a half, I still try to have some sort of imperative there. Mm-hmm. You have to turn from sin and follow Jesus or something. And and you won't find that in any Bible Project video. Like I said, I may have listened to three or four dozen, but I don't think I've ever heard them say anything about what I have to do in order to avoid judgment or wrath. You could watch three dozen Bible Project videos and get to the end of all of that and go, so what now? Well, like, I was left with the impression I just need, I somehow need Jesus to touch me or I need that hot coal yeah. to touch me. One or the yeah, where's other. that coal then? You know, that's... <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it almost you almost have like a, a woman at the well sort of response to that. Uh, you know, like the woman at the well uh, in Samaria talking with Jesus in John chapter four. And yeah. after they're having this back and forth, she finally goes, well, you know what? Uh, uh, when the Messiah comes, he will set all this straight for us. And Jesus goes, <laughs> I'm I'm he. I who speak to you am he. So uh, it's, it's almost like that would be the response to all of the Bible project stuff. It's like, OK, well, that's interesting. But, you know. The Messiah needs to set all of this straight. Well, yeah, we have his word in the Bible. And it, it's it's kind of sad. It, uh, it breaks my heart to see just how popular all these videos are. But nobody's really getting the true gospel out of this. If you think you're hearing the biblical gospel in what's being presented in the Bible Project videos, you're filling in the gaps that they're leaving because you know the gospel, but they're not mm-hmm. actually presenting it. They're not calling you to repentance. They're not calling you to follow Jesus. None of that is in there. Uh, in, in fact, one of the videos, I can't remember which one this is. I might have it written down here. Uh, it's, oh, it's, I think it's the one where they, they talk about like, what is the Bible or how to read the Bible or something like that. The but they mentioned the that the, the apostles believed that God was speaking to his people through these texts alongside the scriptures of Israel. It's it's interesting that in that Bible video about what the Bible is, they don't actually call it the word of God. They say the apostles believed it was the word of God, uh-huh. but they don't say this is the word of God and you must you must believe it and you must follow it. And so they say in that video talking about the apostles, they say that... Um, that they believed that people would just follow Jesus and come into the kingdom just by talking about the kingdom. But that isn't just what the apostles did. Peter stood up at Pentecost and said, save yourselves from this wicked and crooked generation. When the people were cut to the heart over his words, as he's explaining that Jesus is the Christ, they say, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's there's an imperative that just doesn't exist in those Bible project videos that is never really going to lead anyone to repentance and faith, especially when, you know, faith is is one of those huge missing pieces of the puzzle yeah. that you never hear filled in in any of their videos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know where 
I'm, I'm almost afraid to go on to another one because we're at 56 <laughs> minutes and I told you we're going to go past an hour. We're going to blow past it. No, no problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, I don't think we need to, to go on to, uh, what, what was, was that? that? Oh, that was my, uh, my echo over there, which I forgot to mute. And it's glowing yellow, probably because there's uh, some weather alert or something. Oh, I don't I know see. how to turn okay. those off. We're, we got heat advisories coming in. It's, <laughs> it was really hot today. It's supposed to be even hotter tomorrow. And gotcha. So You've got an echo up. in the Echo Zoe studios. I do. I, and right. I didn't want to call it by its uh, given name because it'll light up and, you know, turn blue. Yeah, and then want wait me to talk for a command it. and all of that. See, yeah. see, even your echo knows how to follow commands, but the Bible project <laughs> doesn't give any imperatives well, at all. Well, you know, I, I criticize those things because as bad as kids are at listening, that thing is worse. I, it's unbelievable sometimes. <laughs> But. Well, one of the one of the things that we had talked about a moment ago, like you had asked the question, what is their motivation? Uh, uh, why mm-hmm. is it that they would leave these gaps? And and like I said earlier, uh, when you look at Tim Mackey's page and you see some of the voices that have influenced the kind of thinking that he has, uh, that that kind of it raises some red flags, especially when you see names on there like John Salehammer uh, or Salehammer rather, who re- rejects a literal reading of Genesis 1 through 11. You have Abraham Heschel and Michael Fishbane, who are both Hebrew scholars, and they were not Christians. Uh, Michael Fishbane, I believe, is still alive, but Abraham Heschel was a, he was a social justice guy. He denied the divinity of Christ. Uh, he uh, was, was not a, a Christian, maybe had a Hebrew understanding of some Old Testament scriptures, but I just know his name from like the the social justice stuff that he used to promote. And he was not mm-hmm. a, a God-fearing man. And then uh, probably one of the biggest names that has influenced Mackey is N.T. Wright. And so when you hear his wonkiness over penal substitutionary atonement, like Tim Mackey will even describe what the biblical understanding of penal substitutionary atonement is, he will describe that as being like a half truth or a one third truth. And the way N.T. Wright will even explain it is is it's paganism. It's like taking pagan concepts and incorporate incorporating them into the scriptures. Uh, mm-hmm. N.T. Wright's view of penal substitutionary atonement even earned the rebuke of William Lane Craig. <laughs> who had uh, had received an early manuscript of one of N.T. Wright's works where he talks about penal substitutionary atonement. And Craig rebuked him and said, don't publish this, because not only do you not properly represent penal substitutionary atonement, but you're also misrepresenting huge historical figures in the history of the church who believed and taught exactly what you're saying penal substitutionary atonement is not. And mm-hmm. and so this is what has influenced Mackey's understanding of the atonement, which is extremely unbiblical. And and we don't have, uh, um, therefore, that teaching in, in the Bible project that's desperately needed of you have sinned against God. You're going to come under judgment for your sins, but Christ has paid the price for your sins with his death on the cross. And now by faith in Jesus, his righteousness is imputed to you. Your sins have been imputed to him so that he's paid the price for you. And now through faith in him, you have fellowship with God. Uh, I think one of the, the quintessential passages there is 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake, he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And then, of course, uh, you know, perhaps the... Uh, the most uh, essential passage on an understanding of the atonement is Isaiah 53. 
He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. And that very unfortunately is not a message you'll ever get uh, uh, from the Bible Project videos. I think a moment ago I said there's two things, there's two problems, and I only got to one, and I didn't get to the second one. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but the, no, it's my fault. It's just as much my fault. Uh, but the second one is uh, that you will, uh, uh, at the at best, at the very best, watching pro- uh, Bible Project videos, you'll have a very, very immature faith. So you'll continue just drinking milk and you never actually right. get to the meat of the word. Well, and that was kind of a question I wanted to get on. And as far as the value slash danger, whatever side of that coin you want to look at, where is that with these guys? Because, you know, I it, I think people um, sometimes rightly will, will start to wonder, well, well, how much criticism do we really need to give? And I think that's an important question to actually consider. I mean, is right if you're like, and maybe maybe by maybe I follow up the question with another question, and that is like, what is their target audience? I mean, is this like middle school kids or you know high school or uh, grade school kids, or is this um, young adults, or is this anybody, or what's their what's their target audience? And and um, if you know, and then I, I guess getting on the danger side is, uh, you know, if you follow along because things sound good and, and, and maybe it's not deep, but at least it's milk. Right. How much does that lure you into something that's, that's outright poison? If, you know, if you're going to talk about the denial of hell and, and universalism and whatnot, you know, how much of this is kind of uh, a trap to get people into outright heretical doctrine? Right. Which is which is why the way that I present the way I presented in the video that you saw is that I just can't recommend Bible Project materials. And so what I tried to do instead was direct people to these sources are better. If you're if you're Mm -hmm. wanting to find good Bible teaching, a good understanding of even basic biblical doctrines, you will find it from all of these guys and and recommended Ligonier and Grace to You, uh, James White stuff, uh, Apologia Radio. Uh, Justin Peters, Todd Friel with Wretched. So some of those guys are where you want to direct people to instead, because you're going to get a better understanding of of solid biblical doctrine and something that's right. even uh, their their labor that they do their their tireless labor uh, that you may know Christ and have a relationship with Christ that you have fellowship with God through Christ. So that's very clearly their objective. Uh, when you listen to these solid Bible teachers, but when it comes yeah. to the Bible project, like you will, uh, I've watched the videos where they will say, you know, our, our objective is for uh, you to know, to help people see the Bible, that it's one unified story that leads to Jesus. But what does that mean? I mean, they don't even define those terms. What leading to Jesus, how following Jesus in what way, especially when you're mm-hmm. not calling for repentance, and, and walking what in Jesus? faith. Uh, what Jesus, yeah, what Jesus are we talking? <laughs> right, that's a big question. That's right. That is a pretty important question. Uh, and also it, now here's since I've done that video, since I did the uh, the one that you watched on propitiation, uh, propitiation. Um, one of uh, the way that that changed the emails that I got after that. So leading up to that video, I would get emails from people that would say, what's wrong with the Bible project? I can just kind of sense that something is off, mm-hmm. but I don't really know what it is. So can you help me out? And uh, that, that was kind of the way that the emails started coming in. But now the way I get them 
is somebody will say to me, I was using the Bible Project materials in my Sunday school class, and then when you showed me the problems with it, I realized I can't keep going with this because I'm going to end up, you know, actually leading in some some pretty serious error that we haven't right. gotten to yet, but eventually I will. So just like you were talking about the, you know, the eventually you're going to lead somebody to poison. It might mm-hmm. be milk right now, but when does it start to become poisonous? And, and when you when you watch these videos, um, they will say there will be like little tags at the end. When you played that one, you kind of faded it out when the guys came in. Well, and they were talking. starting to get into their uh, like fundraising. They go yeah, their fundraising the pitch, end, they right. start, You don't want that in there. It's a right, fundraising so. pitch at the end. That's why I faded it out. Yeah, support but. Echo Zoe, not uh, the Bible Project. <laughs> so, so with the what they kind of add in there at the end is that well, we've turned these videos on this series into uh, a a Bible study for you and your church. And you click on the links that are in the description underneath the videos, and they've got all of that material for free. This is a viewer-supported nonprofit ministry, the Bible Project is. And so they have all of that material listed there that you can access and you can print off the PDFs. And, and, and I mean, they're full teaching books. It's like 80 to 100 pages or something like that. And it might Put it on include... your iPad because you don't want to print that whole thing. Yeah, off. something like that, right. <laughs> Uh, well, there's blanks to fill in and everything. So, oh, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you still might be paying for still a significant print printing bill. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> so uh, you print that out. You hand it out to your class. You'll do a video and then you'll you'll do that section of the Bible Project study. And then the next class period will be another video. And but but, you know, what mm-hmm. I noticed when I was doing my research on the problems with the Bible Project is I came up with the biggest problems when I left the Bible Project videos. So when I was listening to some of Tim Mackey's sermons and when I was reading their material and I even listened to a podcast episode that they had, and that was where the stuff was the most messed up. And so I've not reviewed any right. of their Sunday school material, but that, see, that concerns me that uh, uh, they kind of they kind of make it all light and fluffy in the video. Sure. But then you're getting it's into the lure. deeper stuff in the in the it's, Sunday school material and then yeah. then you're running into some serious problems there. Well, and then when you got to go from from this guy's the, pro, the project over here, you know, you're on this project and then you have to go to this completely unrelated thing to to learn where he is on something other so you know, to learn where he what he thinks about faith or, or hell or, you know, those things you talked about earlier, you know, that just kind of shows me that it's a lure. I mean, I, I've done shows on like Hillsong, you know, and how Hillsong is a popular music group and they, it's used by the new apostolic reformation to lure people in because people like the music and stuff. And, and so I, I get really kind of edgy when it, when you start looking at things that look okay on one side, but if you keep following it through, you're going to get into some pretty dangerous stuff. Right. And that's that's what you're going to run into with the Bible Project. It's it's not solid doctrine. Uh, and like I said, your understanding of the gospel, if you have a biblical understanding of the gospel, you got that from somewhere other than the Bible Project. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear them present videos, they have videos explaining what the gospel is. Uh, uh, yeah. It's it those have some problems too <laughs> yeah. but uh when you hear well, i think that's a really important thing to point out cuz i think uh, you know you you're a pastor but as as a more of a layman myself you know and if you're a lay teacher in a church and especially if you're with younger people and stuff that's something to be aware of and watch out for that are are you teaching that are they teaching that or are you filling in the blanks in your mind and and giving them credit where credit isn't necessarily due right right 
Yeah, that's uh, uh, so anyway, that's uh, you want to wrap up there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, like I said, we're at uh, an hour and 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 10 minutes and and uh, I feel like we could go another hour. But um, yeah, we definitely got to wrap up soon. So, Uh, well, thank you so much for the work that you've put into this. And um, it's valuable to me. I hadn't encountered the Bible project. I think, like you said, it probably was going to pop up eventually. YouTube really just watching those four videos. Now I'm, you know, my front page of YouTube now is, do you want to watch this other one? That's Here's right one now. Yeah. Now they're Day giving the you Lord. all kinds of recommendations. Yep. Day of the Lord is on my front page now. And, uh, I'm sure if I scroll down, I'll probably get another one, but yeah, I got, uh, Tony Miano doing his daily Bible studies on my front page and, um, yeah, so they, that's YouTube another great is, resource there. You can watch yeah, Tony Miano. Yeah. Tony Miano. Um, uh, what's his channel called? Is it, uh, well, I, I think I, oh, it's just Tony Miano. And, uh, he does a daily, uh, prayer and Bible reading like every day on YouTube. So, um, that's a good resource. I gotta have him back on sometime. It's been years since I haven't had him on since he moved to Iowa. Oh, really? Yeah. That's been a so while. It's been yeah. quite a while. So, yeah, and then of course, don't forget uh, when we understand the text, uh, you know, what videos you can't forget that. And I'm definitely <laughs> like, I'm going to get, uh, uh, in the additional resources section, um, for this, this episode, I will put the propitiation one. And then if you've got other stuff that would be valuable to add, you know, let me know and I'll, be more than happy to put it in that additional resources section at uh, echozoe.com slash one four seven in the show notes. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is, this is valuable. So I thank you. I thank Fred for pointing me to you and, and for doing this. Cause uh, he actually just yeah. sent me a tweet and he said, uh, tell Andy, you're welcome. <laughs> is this like somehow live streaming i didn't think i no, hit live I, it was streams. when you were playing one of the uh the bible project videos oh. i just jumped over to twitter and uh and posted ah, a, okay. a picture of us chatting here and oh, cool. uh well i'll have to check that out too. yeah so, <laughs> so then fred commented on that and said yeah tell andy you're welcome so yeah thanks uh, for the recommendation fred appreciate it <laughs> fred didn't want to come on he i asked fred and I think he was looking for a polite way to say <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, maybe another that- time. Well, Fred is my uh, Fred and Andrew Rappaport are my December episode uh, last few oh, years. Yeah, there you kind go. of a, That'll be a, good a one. year in review. And we'll, we'll, we'll bring this back up. So Fred's opinion, Fred's take on things will come up in December when we come back to it. Well, I know that one of the things he wanted me to talk about, we never really got to touch on this because uh, uh, I'm still kind of looking into this myself, but uh, the Bible project just recently did a series on spiritual beings. So talking mm-hmm. about angels and demons and all of that stuff, very influenced by Michael Heiser. And I think mm-hmm. that, uh, that Fred really kind of appreciated the wonkiness of that. And so he wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to hear a little bit more on that. We didn't quite get uh-huh. to touch on it, but, uh, yeah, some of that stuff's pretty weird too. Well, like I said, we could go another, we could maybe go another two or three hours. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of material. It really is. Yeah. So, well, cool. Thanks so much. And, uh, did, did you say that last time I had you on, I was going to try to do every August? Yeah, been- I think two years ago. So since I haven't been on since 2018, we said something about, hey, let's make this an every August I, sort of a deal. Yeah, I must have had you on the August before that. And then that never worked out. There was somebody then, else that, oh, yeah, I remember now. There was a, a pastor friend that told me, hey, let me have you come preach every October. And that hasn't that hasn't worked out <laughs> either. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of the, the um, one of the the um 
catches of doing a monthly show is that it spaces things out enough that it's easy to kind of do a show, um, cover a topic, produce an episode, post it, and then forget about it for a month. Or, right. Yeah. Know, three weeks or something. <laughs> um, now I have to, I got to look, I got to look. So yeah, I mean, you, it'd been a while. It'd been long enough that you fell off the front page and I think there's 15 episodes. Oh yeah. So you were on uh, last or August of 2018. Oh, it was uh, November of 2017. Before that, you oh, did Semper, okay. So yeah, that was Semper that was Reformanda. A, we did a little, little Reformation thing. Quite a ways back. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. so then uh, we had uh, even since then, I've taken on my own Bible project. So I'm still trying to finish this read through the Bible thing for the Literal Word Bible app. Uh, so it's the best Bible app for your phone, especially if you like the new American standard Bible, I would highly recommend it. It's free. And then sooner or later, before the end of this year, (laughs) my voice is going to be on there too. So I will be the, the voice of, well, tell me more about that. Yeah. So the, uh, literal word is not a, an organization I was really familiar with until they came out with this fantastic Bible app. And then last year, I think it was in May. Uh, I did a quick video that was on my uh, extended channel. So not the what video channel where you get all the 90 yeah. second videos, but the ones where like the one you saw with the video on. Well, that's why I didn't I didn't see these videos is that uh, I didn't realize you had more than one. Channel. Yeah, it's a different channel. That's right. I've got uh, two, only two right now. I don't have to go do a search and find your third or fourth. channel. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So I did a video that I, like I held the phone up to the uh, uh, camera and uh-huh. showed the Bible app and kind of scrolled through some of the features in there. I love it. I still I look at it every day. Every single day I pull up literal word and I'm doing some okay. sort of word study in there. Out. That's cool. But you're doing the audio version of that. So, yeah. So in that video, I just made a joke of like, hey, if you guys want to do an audio version, I know a guy. He works for cheap. And uh, <laughs> they uh, yeah, pizza and books. You just pay me in that pizza. and I'll. <laughs> I'll do anything. So uh, they they contacted me and said, we'd love to have you do it. And I committed to it. And uh, a, a lot of stuff came up that that slowed me way down. I think that my mm-hmm. original estimate that I gave to them was very, very optimistic, but it was still doable. But then sure. there were a lot of things that happened after that it slowed me way down on on being able to get that done. I did not mean for this to go a year, but that's where we're at right now. So well, that's ambitious. I mean, just sitting down. I mean, people do it all the time where you sit down and read your Bible in a year. You know, that's yeah. a, the, the most, you know, everybody's Bible plans is read your Bible in a year. But to do it like audio and then you got to go back and do a second take and stuff and all that because you said something weird or, you know, you want to edit <laughs> yeah, and there whatever are, and you skipped over times. things and stuff. That, that's ambitious to do that in a year. Yeah. And, the, but, and so the actual reading that I've been doing has been on the Saturday edition of the What podcast. Oh, okay. And one of the members of my church was listening to it one Saturday and they said, you've got like three verses in Mark you just totally skipped. <laughs> and it was it was like three verses right at the end of a chapter. Somehow I totally missed those verses uh-huh. and just went on to the next chapter. So I had to go find that audio. And well, that sounds like a good uh, a good lesson in textual transmission. There. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you would think just sitting there reading it word for yep. word, how many mistakes can you make with that? But yeah, there's there's still plenty of yep. error, plenty of well, room for error. I got to keep that in mind. You know, I'm a podcaster. I like to do podcasts and I've got so many friends that are podcasters, but um, I I trip and I get negligent on, on listening to this podcast. And um, 
lately I've been listening a lot because I'm doing so much work out in the yard uh, this year. It's been my summer of yard work. I've just been outside almost every day. And I've been bringing my phone out, my Bluetooth headphones and, and, and listening to podcasts and stuff. And, and I, 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 I keep going through and like, I need something different. I, in fact, I got too much politics. I need some, you know, some, some scripture. And oh some yeah, absolutely. Theology and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> I got to cleanse my brain and just get something more uplifting. Rinse out that stuff. toxicity. So, you got it. Yeah. But that sounds like a great one is go through the Bible in a year. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this is uh, uh, on the on the podcast on the Saturday edition. Of the episode is just 20 minutes of. So I'll probably read through like three or four chapters or something like that. I think I'm sure. in Luke right now. I don't remember where where that is on oh. the podcast. I went through Matthew and Mark and now I'm in Luke. OK. Yeah. And that's new uh, NASB. Yeah, it's all new American standard. So all of the teaching stuff that I do on the podcast and even in the videos, that's all English standard version. Uh-huh. And the reason why I'd settled on the ESV is because Crossway was the most lenient with their uh, with their licensing. Uh-huh. And you didn't have to ask for permission as long as you weren't using more than like 500 verses, which there's no way okay. I'm getting 500 verses in a 90 second yep. video. So uh, yeah. but but then uh, NASB uh, is is this app that's been produced by literal word and they're trying to preserve the 95. So they want to preserve. Is that tied? Didn't like MacArthur's group buy that or something? Don't they, they own did. the NASB? Yeah, now that's right. If I if I know this right, I, I can't speak of this exactly. Fred would be able to tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, Grace to You has purchased the 1995 New American Standard Translation. And so while the NASB is about to, they're about to release their 2021 or something like that. I know that they were going to get it out this year, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So they're about to release their updated translation. Grace to you wants to preserve, preserve the 95, but they also want to include the word Yahweh wherever you have the all caps L-O-R-D, Lord. Lord. Uh-huh. So they want to sure. put, you know, the actual name Yahweh back in there. And and so they're going to call that the legacy translation, if I remember correct. Okay. So it'll be. So it's just a. It's just an NASB with Yahweh put. Yeah, in. it's it's an NASB ninety five. Some slight other alterations, but okay. then the name Yahweh will be included. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I use uh, I use Lagos a lot, but but um, I like the audio Bibles, which I I I haven't dug through Lagos enough to find even find an audio Bible in there. So I'll use that U version app that's on every. You know, Android and, oh, and yeah. Apple and stuff. It's that everybody <laughs> has the U version. They actually got a pretty good audio Bible in there, and uh, so I'll use that when I want to do the audio. And I like the ESV too. That's my preferred. If I'm gonna sit down and read, I like the ESV. Right. But I like the guy <laughs> who does the NASB on uh, on the U version. I haven't I, heard I just, that voice. I, I just prefer I his I, it, the the NASB guy. I like the way he reads better than the his, ESV guy. Yeah, on the his U version timber, app. You like his his vocal tone. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just because he was first, and I listened to enough of that that by the time the ESV came along, I'm like, well, you know, I like the other guy. Yeah, a little better. true. Well, hopefully, <laughs> so, I can become your new favorite voice. Yeah, after definitely. too long. <laughs> cool. Well, probably what 15 minutes of just uh, banter. So a good way to close the show. <laughs> That's right. So well, thanks so much, Gabe, and. Uh, Let's not make it two you know, two years this next time. So That's I'll, right. Sounds good. Have to reach out a little sooner than that. So. Well, God bless you, brother, and thanks for what you do. Thanks for what you do through your program. Yeah, and you too, and and definitely people check out when we under this uh, when we understand the text wwutt dot com for you got videos and podcasts and books and all kinds of stuff there. It's all there, all so. for free. Well, the books. 
Uh, no, not the books, but not the books. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'm giving away books for free. Depends on oh, if you, you listen to the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Well, thanks, Gabe. God bless you, brother. Echo Zoe Radio is an outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries. If you are blessed by the show, please consider offering your support. There are many things you can do to help, including prayer, sharing the show with others, and your financial support. Echo Zoe Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax-exempt status, and your donations are tax-deductible. For more information about how you can support Echo Zoe Ministries, please visit echozoe.com support. Well, that wraps up episode 147. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. Be sure to check out the website also for links to connect with Echo Zoe on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and would love to connect with you. So follow, like, and subscribe to Echo Zoe Ministries. And I didn't mention it in the past, and it's not in my script here, but we are also on Parlor, So you can check out at Echo Zoe on Parlor as well. Help us get the word out too by sharing or retweeting or reparlaying or echoing or uh, upvoting or thumbs upping or whatever you got for your favorite episodes because those help us to uh, be seen by uh, a wider audience as well. So thanks for doing that. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next month with the August episode of Echo Zoe Radio. 